On this episode, we're breaking down my song, Feel the Force. I'll walk you through the writing and recording process, things you may not notice about the track, and my favorite parts about it. It's all coming up in just a minute. Welcome to the Royish Good Looks Podcast, episode number 21. My name is Roy, and thank you for joining me. We are back with another edition of Inside the Song. This will be our fourth song breakdown on the show. The previous three have been some of the most popular episodes of the podcast to date, so I've put them all together in a playlist on both YouTube and Spotify. The links are in the description and the show notes, so if you missed them, you can catch up there. And if you have a favorite song of mine that you'd like me to break down, or just anything else you'd like to hear me yap about on the show, leave me a comment here on YouTube or drop a review if you're listening on any podcast apps. I read them all and I would love to hear from you. And wherever you're listening, make sure to hit subscribe and turn on notifications so you don't miss out on those new episodes. And finally, if you really want to help support this show and my music, consider signing up for my Patreon page at patreon.com slash royishgoodlooks. All right, let's get into the song. Feel the Force was released in March 2021. It's an epic rock anthem, even if it's only two minutes and 20 seconds long. I know I always use terms like epic and anthemic, but that's just what it sounds like to me. A lot of the writing in production is similar to something you might hear by Imagine Dragons. Their songs always feel larger than life, and that's what I was going for with Feel the Force. In fact, the demo version was very much in the vein of radioactive with lots of wub 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 synthesizer sounds. I'm not as skilled producing with synth sounds as much as punk rock drums, bass, and guitar. So, of course, that's what I leaned on for the final version of the song. The story is inspired by Ray's arc. She self-proclaims that she is no one. She doesn't think she's special, but eventually she learns that she has powers, and she's guided by her mentor, Luke, on how to tap into them. Even though it focuses mostly on Ray, her discovery of the Force is pretty similar to Luke's and even Anakin's. So I draw a lot of parallels between Luke's training on Dagobah in Empire Strikes Back and Rey's training on Octu in The Last Jedi. Both of them needed someone to help them look inward to truly unlock their potential. Neither of them really understood what they were actually capable of before their training. It's hard to decouple a song with lyrics about the Force from Star Wars, but I also wanted it to have a universal theme as well. Whether you're a Jedi or not, we all have incredible talents inside of us, and sometimes we don't know they're there. But of course they are, and if you can find the right focus, the right frame of mind, then you can do anything. And that's the story I wanted to tell. 
it all actually stemmed just from the quote, feel the force. I kind of reverse engineered what that quote meant and filled in the blanks from there. On the production side of things, this song was a challenge to arrange. I wanted the song to feel like you started as a Padawan and by the end of it, you're a Jedi master. A lot of my songs tend to develop that way and it sounds easier than it is. Having that big fat chorus at the end is not really hard. It's the way you lead up to that moment that makes the song feel complete, that push and pull throughout the song, or as Luke would put it, it's a tension, a balance. I don't know if Feel the Force is perfect, but I do think it's one of my strongest attempts. It's one of those songs that I'm not quite sure how I'm ever going to top it. And that's kind of why I haven't put out anything following it up just yet. But I am really proud of it. And that's why we're talking about it today. So let's jump in to the song breakdown. It starts with a short intro. There are very reverberant vocals saying, feel the force and a choir of oohs and ahs in the background. To me, this part invokes a feeling of a force ghost trying to commune with you, like in A New Hope, just before Luke blows up the Death Star, Obi-Wan reminds him, use the force, Luke. A reverse guitar swells up, and then we're in verse one. You were born for more than this. You've got a talent that's hidden deep within. It starts small with just vocals and one guitar off to the left. But before you know it, more and more stuff starts sneaking in. Stereo doubles of the main vocals enter at the end of the first line. You've got a talent that's hidden deep within. And three-part harmonies enter on the end of the second line. It's time for your training to begin. A hi-hat starts pumping away eighth notes. Within. It's time for your training to begin. And a guitar with flanger and tremolo enters. And I love this type of guitar effect. It's my favorite way to create intrigue and motion in otherwise kind of dry parts. The lyrics at the end of the second line were a little different on the demo version of this song. You've got a talent that's hidden deep within, and it's more than metachlorians. I was honestly unsure how the majority of Star Wars fans would react to using the word midichlorians in a song. In the end, it seemed a little cheesy to me and time for your training to begin felt like it fit the theme a little bit better. I'm sure we'll sneak midichlorians or M count into another song down the line though. The second half of the verse swells in with another reverse guitar. This time it's on the right side of the speakers. And now the main guitars are left-right stereo. They sound like they're doing the same thing, but the parts are completely different. The left part is all root notes, and the right side is thirds and fourths. So it makes it feel a little bit bigger, a little bit wider than if you just double the part exactly the same. And the rhythm guitars keep that same style throughout the entire song. The drums enter with this halftime beat. 
They're what I call small drums. It's not a full rock drum kit yet. It's a little bit lo-fi sounding. The kick drum is distorted and not overly deep. There's a tight side stick instead of a big fat snare drum. And the hi-hats are dark and kind of crunchy. You can really hear it on the open hi-hats. It all holds the rhythm down, but it also leaves a lot of room to beef it up later on. The vocals repeat the same structure of doubles and harmonies. And on the last line of the verse, I sneak in a little bit of Phantom Menace. Qui-Gon tells Anakin, your focus determines your reality, which I think is incredible advice. And rest in peace, Qui-Gon. Then a synth pad and reverse cymbal swell up to bring us into the first chorus. This is where that Imagine Dragons vibe starts to speak through. There's a very intentional change in the tone. It's no longer this punk rock verse. We transcend into a whole new world. supposed to be tapping into the force and not distracted by anything else. So there are a bunch of tricks I use to help draw you in to that mindset. The kick drum is four on the floor, pushing us along. The bass guitar enters to fill up the low end, and it's actually playing muted eighth notes, which is kind of cool. So it's a much more complete sound but what really transports me away is the guitar arranging. The rhythm guitars are still there playing these palm muted parts, but they're much darker and much softer sounding. It makes it a lot easier to focus on the vocals. You get a bit more clarity. The acoustic guitars enter with these bright arpeggios. There's also a muted guitar lead kind of pulsating along. It's another arpeggiated part, but it's more constant than the acoustic. It reminds me of activating star power or something like that, like you've got a power-up going on. All of those elements are kind of tucked away in the background. You can zone in on them if you're paying attention, but really the vocals are the focal point here. The vocals are doubled up in mono and stereo, so you're kind of surrounded by them, but there aren't any harmonies yet. The, the choir from the intro returns, but this time it's not oohs and ahs, it's actually mmms. <laughs> the they kind of sound like a synth pad or almost like they're monks meditating, which is totally unintentional, but that works perfectly with the theme. With everything else sort of pulsing and chugging along, having the choir sustaining chords really smooths out the whole arrangement. You might not realize it as you're listening, but this chorus is doing a very stereotypical dance music build-up sort of thing. There are filter sweeps on the EQs. So most of the instruments start off sounding rather dark. 
and then they brighten up over time. You hear the high end of the claps and the tambourines and the guitars poking out more and more. So that darkness draws you in at first, and as all the instruments brighten up, it becomes more exciting. It's a total production trick, but it works so well, and I play on that a lot through the rest of the song. Then we cymbal swell into the post-chorus. There's lots of swells in this song. It doesn't quite break in. Instead, it drops out all of the drums, the bass, and the guitars, and we're left with just synths and strings. The strings wind up playing the same arpeggio part that the muted lead was playing. It has that same sort of power-up feeling, but now that it's on the strings, it's a little bit more cinematic. The vocals repeat the Feel the Force tagline from the intro. And this whole part, it feels a bit hypnotic to me, like you're on the seeing stone, you're entranced in meditation. It's that moment when it all finally clicks, when you actually feel the force, you've tapped into it. I love the way that this caps off the chorus, but I had a really tough time arranging the transition from the post-chorus into verse two. I tried drum fills, I tried swells and crash cymbals, and in the end, literally just letting the post-chorus kind of fade away was the thing that worked the best and felt the most seamless, even though it was basically just doing nothing. Sometimes less is more. So verse two jumps right in, it picks up pace a lot. We're still using that small drum sound, but instead of halftime, the side stick is accenting on beats two and four now. Overall, the drums have the same sort of development as verse one. The hi-hats eventually sneak in, claps enter and double up the side stick. And there's a few short fills with snare drum and tambourine. The acoustic guitar arpeggios from the chorus continue in just the left speaker, while a muted acoustic rhythm plays in the right. So instead of having verse two start with the electric guitars from the first verse, we have another sort of left-right pairing of two different parts, but now it's on acoustic. After the first line, an electric guitar with tons of delay, accents, every chord change. This is another trick that I do in a lot of songs. It's basically the like police walking on the moon guitar effect. Just feels fun and fills up a lot of empty space. Balance, attention, and time you can control. When you want to learn all you know. Speaking of echoes, the vocal echoes here aren't actually delays from the main vocal. They're totally independent takes, and on the word control, it's actually a much higher note than the main melody, but it's just so cool the way that it works out. 
I think this idea came from an alternate take on the demo recording. It was all just sort of by accident. I love how it works thematically. It reminds me of when Yoda is telling Luke, Control, control, you must run control. So that high note is my homage to Yoda and yelling at your stubborn students. There's another echo on the word no, and that one's the same note, but it's still a different take. There's no special reason, though. It's just to be different. When you unlearn all you know. Then, in typical Royish Good Looks fashion, halfway through the second verse, we switch everything up. The synth pad and electric guitar swells while a little drum fill kicks in. The muted electrics and the tremolo guitar returns. The full drum kit is in now, and it's back to halftime with snare drums on beat three. My favorite thing about this beat is the side stick and the claps are still playing on beats two and four. It's nothing overly complex, but you get this combination of the upbeat side stick and the halftime snare drum. It gives the groove multiple layers and even more forward momentum. It's just really fun. And that particular structure of beat, it is straight out of the Genesis song, I Can't Dance. I didn't intentionally channel that song when I was writing this, but it's exactly the same idea. I grew up listening to their live album, The Way We Walk, on cassette tape. So I'm sure that I've stolen a lot of ideas from Genesis, whether I realize it or not. Right after the line, 1,000 generations all live in you now, I was searching for a way to spice up the arrangement. I love when songs drop out all the instruments to highlight one line or one lyric. I wanted to do something similar to the song Cardiac Arrest by Bad Sons. To have a cool fill and a big crash cymbal seemed like it would be really fun. I tried a bunch of different ideas out and they were all way too over the top. And again, just keeping it simple was the answer. A very light accent and just letting the beat hang for a moment seem to work the best. You can easily get obsessed over something as simple as two beats in the song. I spent a ton of time experimenting with just that one moment. You think, man, I have to make this perfect. It has to feel good. It has to sound cool, even though it's less than a second of time in the song. That's what I meant when I said earlier that Arranging the song from start to finish is a challenge, especially when the song is the same chord progression over and over again, like this one is. You have to figure out how to make every single moment pop. Take the last line of the verse, for example. And you will do them all proud. Yeah. Where I could have extended the word proud and done the same kind of melody as the first verse. but it just didn't have the same impact to me. So I just added this yeah! 
when, you- when I was working on that part, I joked on Twitter that I was putting a James Hetfield, yeah, in my next song. Yeah. It adds nothing to the story, and it's a little bit silly, but it's a lot of fun to belt out over a drum fill, and it creates another special moment in the song. in chorus two and we get the full rock anthem arrangement big drums fat bass and sustaining chords on the guitar the acoustic and electric arpeggios from chorus one are still going but they aren't quite as prominent the vocals are stacked up even more this time through There are multiple harmonies and octaves of the main vocal. I know I said less is more sometimes, but you can't go wrong with a lot of vocals. In most of my songs, I end up echoing lines in the second or third choruses, or I'll add more background parts, but there just isn't any room in this chorus to do that. It's actually really hard to get enough of a breath in just to sing the main vocals at all. Instead of any crazy drum fills, we trade on and off, accenting the second and the fourth snare drums with a tambourine and a bongo. They're both drenched in reverb, so they give a little bit of sustain through the part, It's kind of like that yeah vocal thing. They don't really do much in the grand scheme of things, but they help switch things up and fill space. The bass also does an interesting thing the first time through the chord progression. On the last chord, it accents the third instead of the root note. It falls on the words surrounding you. It's a really small thing, but I think it helps create a little bit more intrigue the second time through the progression on the words your ally the bass hits the root note for a much more straightforward fill into the second post chorus and that sounds much more typical rock and roll rather than that sort of outer worldly sound of having the third in the bass and that structure trades on and off through the rest of the song Instead of dropping everything out again, post-chorus two keeps the momentum up. The drums are playing the same beat from the chorus, but now with open hi-hats sloshing around, the tambourine is shaking on eighth notes, which really pushes the beat along. The strings return with their cinematic arpeggio part. We add another lead guitar, playing thirds and fourths in this kind of stabbing pattern. The main vocals for the Feel the Force tagline are doubled up and harmonized now. And the choir returns again, this time with oohs and ahs. I love using oohs and ahs in a part as a way to make the choir sound 
more dynamic. If the whole thing was just ooh or just ah, you might be able to make parts louder or quieter, but changing from ooh to ah back to ooh, it sounds stupid, but it gives you a lot more contrast in the part. It's sort of like an automatic crescendo effect. Just like the first post-chorus, this part is meant to feel good. It's a release. You've made it. You've tapped into the force, and you want to keep riding that high. And that's exactly what we do in the bridge. The arrangement stays the same, but we drop out the arpeggios so we can focus more on the vocal line. The bass guitar takes a few liberties with little fills here and there. And in general, this is another classic Royish Good Looks bridge. What's left to say in the story? How can we just cap it off? I love the quotes from Yoda about passing on what you've learned and the idea that you won't be the last of your kind if you've taken the time to teach someone else everything you know, the good and the bad. So. I chose a couple of quotes to hammer that home. The vocals are mostly main melody with an octave below, but of course, the three-part harmonies come in at the very end. Attack, the lessons will be passed, and I won't be the last. Chorus three drops out everything but the vocals and rhythm guitars. It's not really a breakdown. It feels more like you're gaining traction here like you're gearing up for takeoff again. There's a lot of anticipation. The through the energy Halfway through, the tremolo guitar sneaks in, the arpeggio strings do their thing again, and we get a pseudo crescendo on the snare drum and the guitars using EQ and filter sweeps, like in the first chorus. And there's a slightly different harmony on the words, your ally, that adds just a bit more drama to the part. Then we have a snare roll and cymbal swell into the final chorus. It's so close to the second chorus, the only things added are the tambourine is shaking on eighth notes, and the choir, oohs and ahs are back in, and they're much more prominent. Post-chorus brings the strings back and everything else follows suit. The whole mix is a dB or two louder here. So even though the arrangement isn't much different, everything feels more full and in your face. Then we get a special outro. I don't believe I have any other songs that end this way. We reprise the first half of verse one with the small drums, muted rhythm on the left, acoustic arpeggios on the right, and main vocals with the mmm choir. Born for more than this, 
You've got a talent that's the guitars and choir abruptly cut off while the bongo gets one final word in and rings out with a long reverb. You've got a talent that's hidden deep within. I love that we built up to this big fat chorus. We all became Jedi Masters, but then we strip it back down and remind ourselves the theme of the song, we're stronger than we realize. You were born for more than this. You've got a talent that's hidden deep within. I try not to play favorites with my own music. There's something I love about all of my songs, even the ones that never make it to YouTube, but there is definitely a bias to the last thing you've released or the last thing you wrote. I'm not sure I can say that Feel the Force is my favorite song I've ever put out, but I do think it's highly underrated at the moment. I think in a few years, it'll be just as popular as Dark Side, Light Side, or Fallen Jedi Knights. It's rock solid in my book. I hope you agree, but it's okay if you don't. Either way, I hope you enjoyed the breakdown of this song today. And if you did, make sure to comment below and let me know what song you'd like me to break down next. And if you would like to go even more behind the scenes, consider signing up for my Patreon page. Patrons get a ton of one-on-one -on -one access to me and a bunch of cool perks like ad-free episodes of the podcast. You can ask me anything through Q&A threads every month. Star Wars, songwriting, recording, YouTube, you name it, everyone gets an answer, and I might even answer you on the show. I'll send you unreleased bonus songs every month. I'll check out your art, your music, your YouTube channel, whatever you make, and give you my personal feedback. And you can even get your name listed as a producer on new podcasts and videos. So it's a whole community, and I'd love for you to be a part of it. Plus, you'll be helping support this show and my music. If any of that sounds cool to you, sign up for my Patreon at patreon.com slash royishgoodlooks. Otherwise, just give me a follow on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok at royishgoodlooks. Join our private Facebook group called Royish Good Looks. And whenever you're listening to the show, share the podcast episodes in your feeds and tag me. I really appreciate the help. So thank you for listening today. And I'll talk to you on the next episode. Take care. Take care.